Great to be with you. We are delighted to be in a new building and excited to continue in our series through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 3, uh, verse 20, and we'll pick up there in a moment. Uh, Paul spent the first half of the book of Colossians uh, talking about who Jesus is, uh, what Jesus has accomplished, and what he's accomplished in us. Uh, that he has uh, conquered sin and death, and in fact, in him, our old selves uh, have been put to death. Uh, he says, you are a new creation now in Christ, and that changes everything. Uh, we are made holy and blameless in him. It's not through our own morality or self-effort, but it's by the power of God and the grace of God. So that's sort of the, the first half of the book. Uh, and now, in the second half, uh, Paul is going to instruct followers of Jesus and the church as a community in how uh, they should live. Uh, how should we live in light of our new identity in Christ? Uh, because all of this stuff is already true, Paul says, now here's how you are to live in response, both as an individual and as a community. Uh, if you were here last week, uh, we looked at some verses where Paul addressed the gathered community that is the church, and he uh, described how we are to come together uh, in, in worship, in praise, in thanksgiving, in teaching, and in instruction, and in prophetic words, songs from the Spirit, uh, all of it. He said that's how we are to be together uh, when we gather, uh, and now Paul is going to instruct other relationships uh, begin speaking into other relationships that are common in our lives. Uh, husbands and wives, parents and children, employees and employers. Uh, how are all of these people uh, now to relate to each other uh, in Christ? And, and this is the answer. We'll pick up in verse 20. Uh, we're going to focus on parents and children this morning. Uh, Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Let's pray. Jesus, we turn our hearts to you now, Lord, uh, and it's so uh, rewarding for us to contemplate uh, who you are, your beauty, um, everything that you've done for us. Uh, and yet sometimes, Lord, when we then move into the implications as to how we are to live uh, hour by hour, day by day, uh, sometimes we can tune out a little bit uh, and, and, and miss the connection between how amazing you are, what you've done in us, uh, and, and what a Tuesday morning or a Thursday afternoon is supposed to look like uh, in light of the reality of the inbreaking kingdom of God. Uh, would you speak to our hearts this morning, Lord? Uh, would you wake us up as to how we are to live as your ambassadors in the world, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, kids get a free pass for crying today because we're talking about parents and children, so don't <laughs> worry. They actually get a free pass every Sunday, but uh, we make extra space today. Uh, when Paul addresses husbands and wives, a passage we just skipped this morning, but we'll come back to in a few weeks, uh, he tells husbands to love their wives and for wives to respect their husbands. And this is a rather curious thing. 
uh, that he gives them different instructions, but he actually does it consistently through his letters. Uh, And we'll take a proper look at husbands and wives in two weeks. Uh, But curiously, uh, the Bible never tells husbands to respect their wives, though of course they should. Uh, And the Bible never tells wives to love their husbands, though of course they should do that as well. Uh, Instead, wives are instructed to respect their husbands because that's the greatest felt need of their husband. Uh, And husbands are told to love their wives because that's actually the greatest felt need of their wives. Uh, And modern research has shown this ancient wisdom to in fact be true. Uh, And the scriptures take a similar approach with parents and children. Uh, They don't just say, hey, everybody respect everybody and everybody love everybody. Uh, Though in some broad biblical sense, that's true. But the Bible never explicitly says that. The Bible consistently tells children uh, to respect or honor their parents and consistently tells parents to love their children. Uh, Here are just a few examples from Scripture. Uh, The first is from Exodus 20. This is the Ten uh, Commandments. Uh, It says... Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that that the Lord your God is giving you. Uh, In Malachi 4 verse 5, Elijah will teach parents to love their children and children to honor their parents. See the difference there. Uh, Titus 2, as you move into the New Testament, uh, women are told explicitly to love uh, the children that God has blessed them with. Uh, And then uh, this next slide is a parallel passage in the book of Ephesians. Same author, Paul, writing to a different church. But this is what he says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. He's quoting back to Exodus, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And then he turns the corner just like he does in Colossians and says, Fathers, uh, do not exasperate your children. Or some translations say, provoke your children to anger. So over and over again, there's this uh, clear and consistent call for children to respect or honor their parents and for parents to love their children. Uh, And that's because the greatest felt need uh, of, of a parent is to feel respected, and the greatest felt need of a child is to feel loved. Uh, you'll notice as you're reading uh, what the scriptures have to say uh, about the spirit-filled, redeemed family, uh, that it never tells children uh, to love their parents, uh, and, and it never tells parents to honor or respect their children. Uh, Because those aren't the greatest felt needs of the parties that are involved. Uh, In fact, these felt needs are so deeply embedded uh, in the human heart that they actually feed off of one another. And that's why Paul talks about them in tandem, one and uh, after the next. He says, if you feel loved as a child, if you just know in your bones that you are loved by your parents, uh, it actually becomes much uh, more natural for you to respect your parents. They don't have to then go out of their way to say, no, to do this. It it's just kind of begins to flow um, more naturally out of their hearts. Uh, and in the same way, if a parent feels respected and honored by their children, it's going to be much, much easier for that parent to turn around and express the love that they have 
uh, for their child. Uh, but in the same way that these two things, uh, respect from the children and love from the parents, in the same way that they can feed off of each other in a positive direction, parent feels respected, they, they love better, child feels loved, they respect more, um, that same cycle can work in reverse. Um, if someone does the opposite, then it actually triggers a negative cycle going the other direction. Uh, some of you might be f familiar with Dr. Emerson Eckridge. Uh, he wrote uh, a very well-known book on marriage called Love and Respect, based off these same passages in Ephesians and elsewhere. Uh, and he calls this negative cycle the crazy cycle. So if we're both doing what Paul's talking about, it moves one way. If you're not, it actually moves the other way. Uh, and the crazy cycle goes something like this. If a child feels unloved, they will react to the situation in a disrespectful manner. And if their parents don't feel respected, their natural response will be a harsh or unloving one. And then the cycle begins to build and continue in the wrong direction. The condensed version of the crazy cycle sounds something like this. Uh, without love, a child responds without respect. Without respect, a parent responds without love. Further triggering the disrespect from the child and a perceived lack of love uh, from the adult. Uh, and, and this uh, cycle, this crazy cycle, uh, is, is incredibly common. It's something that, that most of us, especially parents of young children, uh, face on a daily, almost hourly basis. So some of you, uh, especially if, if you're not currently a parent in the room, uh, you may have to think back to your own childhood, to some of like the crazy the craziness that happened between you and your parents. You can probably recall even uh, one or two or three real big blow-ups that happened because you and your parents uh, were on uh, the crazy cycle. Uh, but if you're a parent today, uh, you don't have to think back like 20 years to, oh yeah, I remember when. Odds are you can think back like two or three hours uh, to like when you were getting up this morning and trying to get your family uh, ready to, to come here and check out the new building. Uh, and there's these scenarios that play out all the time uh, in our house where these principles that Paul is talking about uh, are at play. So you wake up in the morning, everybody's getting ready, uh, and you ask your six-year-old uh, to go get dressed for church. Hey, we're going to leave in, in 15 or 20 minutes. Why don't you go to your room uh, and get dressed? And uh, they wander into their room, but instead of getting dressed, all of a sudden they start fighting with their brother, right? So instead of silent dressing, you hear the yelling back and forth, and it's escalating and getting louder and louder. And so you go down uh, into the room and break up the fight, and then you ask him sternly, well, in our case, it's a him, because we only give birth to boys, but you personalize <laughs> it, okay, for you. I'll use, I'll use a very real uh, examples of what happens in our household. We send Moses in to get dressed. He's our six-year-old. Uh, a few minutes later, we hear the voices louder and louder, and they're fighting. You go in, nobody's dressed. So then you address them more sternly. Moses, I told you 10 minutes ago, you have to get dressed. We're going to be late. You, you, you have to do it right now. Um, and and you, you probably, if you're paying attention, may even sense the stress or anger in your own voice. Because what we assume in that moment is, they're disrespecting me. If, if he respected me as a father, he would have done what I asked him to do. But he's now disrespected me, 
He's not doing what I've asked him to do. He doesn't respect me enough to listen the first time. And, and I can sense the anger, the frustration in my own voice. Uh, and so you tell them more sternly the second time, no, Moses, right now I need you to get dressed. So they drop what they're doing. They drop the fight. He turns and starts wandering toward his dresser. And you're like, okay, solved. I'm going to go and do the next thing and get stuff ready to go. Uh, well, 10 minutes later, you come into the room uh, and you find him playing with Legos. Still not dressed, right? And you become even more irritated. Moses, why, what are you doing? Why don't you ever listen to what I say? I've asked you to get dressed three times and you're still not dressed. If you don't get dressed right now, there's going to be a consequence. And here's what's going to happen. Uh, and, and Moses, in this, in this moment, he can hear my anger. He can hear uh, my harsh reaction. And in his eyes, it came out of the blue. He was just playing with Legos. And all of a sudden, dad bursts in, angry. Why are you angry? I don't even know. What was I supposed to be doing? I don't know. And so for him, it's this very like harsh, unloving reaction uh, that's come out of the blue. And, and for him, it's very easy, maybe in his eyes, for that to be a critique or even a rejection of who he is. I'm not a good kid. I'm not a good six-year-old. I'm, I'm not a good listener. I'm not, uh, perhaps deep down, I, I'm not lovable. I don't sense love from mom and dad right now. And in that moment, as he's confronted with, with harsh or condemning words, uh, his, his child spirit is going to do one or two things. Either uh, it's going to deflate on the one hand. Ephesians and Colossians talk about being discouraged, uh, sort of deflated. Uh, or the other term that's used, especially in Ephesians, is being provoked to anger. And you can see this in children when, when, they're, when they're met with a, with, a, with a response that they sense is unloving. They're either going to deflate and just kind of shut down and get sort of droopy shoulders and dejected and kind of mopey, or they respond to your anger in more anger. Uh, they, they, maybe Moses throws, you know, here's all my harsh words, and what he does is he, he throws his Legos down. And in the process, he hits his brother, and now his brother's crying. But, but he stomps off and says, Dad, you never let me play. You, why, you're, you're always being so mean to me. And, and all of a sudden, he's provoked to anger. But let's switch back to the parent side. What am I feeling in that moment? I've asked him one time, two times, three times with escalating uh, anger to get dressed. And now he's still not getting dressed. And now he threw Legos at his brother. And now he's talking disrespectfully to me. So now I'm even more irritated. I'm even more angry. I react to his disrespect with more anger. I'm, I'm through the roof now. Moses, you get back here right now. You don't talk to mommy and daddy that way. Here's what's going to happen now. Here's, here's the punishment that you're going to receive. We're on the crazy cycle. Because how's he going to respond to my angry punishment? With, with Probably with more disrespect. I feel disrespected, and, and so naturally, my flesh as a parent, I, I, sort of, I don't say this out loud, but it's like, uh, you have exasperated me, and now I am going to exasperate you. You have disrespected me, now you, I need you to feel uh, the, the weight of what I feel. And we react back against our children. I'm going to react, maybe unknowingly, without love, 
and he's going to react almost unknowingly without respect, and it's going to get worse and worse. And so fast forward through all the comments uh, that I won't mention. 15 minutes later, everybody's in the car. We're headed to church, but we're not in a good place, right? Like Moses doesn't even want to go to church anymore. He's so upset. He just wanted to stay home and play with his Legos. His brother's still crying because he got hit in the face, you know, whatever. And we're all flustered. And, and we come in here to check out the new building. And first person in the door, hey, how's it going? I'm like, uh, better an hour ago when we woke up. Now everybody's in this weird place because there's been this crazy cycle of uh, disrespect and a lack of love. Uh, and I don't know if that describes your morning this morning. Hopefully not. Um, and I know we're all in different stages of life. So some of you are empty nesters. Some of you are young but don't have um, kids. Uh, we've got three little boys, many of you know, uh, two, four, and six. And they can all be very strong-willed when they want to. So what Paul's talking about here with parents and children and what I'm describing with the crazy cycle uh, this is something that we either enter into or work hard to avoid on almost an hourly basis in our home. Like this is, this is day-to-day, hour-to-hour uh, living stuff that we have to figure out. Uh, and some of you are in this stage of life that I'm describing, uh, and some of you aren't. Uh, but even if you aren't, I want to say two quick things. Uh, one is that even if you aren't today, uh, you will, many of you will be someday. If you're young and you haven't had kids yet, uh, don't totally tune out because this is real stuff that all parents and all children go through. Uh, the other thing is that everybody is somebody's child. So even if you don't have kids, never want to have kids, whatever the situation is, you are someone's child, which means you exist in a parent child relationship. Even though you're old enough, we don't call you a child, but that same relationship exists. And these patterns that we're going to be talking about today, I'm going to be speaking from the perspective of a parent, because that's my world, and a parent of young children. But you will find yourself in, this, in these cycles, in these relationships, even if you're 25 and you never want to have kids, um, you still relate to your parents. And there's still this, this need for these same things uh, to exist within the parent-child relationship. So it's applicable to all of us, and I want to share a few thoughts before we close on how we might live this out. Uh, I'll do it from my perspective, so you might have to do some translating. If you have older kids, kids that are out, out of the home, whatever it might be, uh, or if you're the child relating to your parents. Um, but uh, I, I want to I speak uh, about how, how do we get into this stuff. Uh, how do we love our children, not discourage them, exasperate, embitter them, provoke them to anger? So translate as much as you need to into your own experience. But if you are a parent and you feel yourself slipping into this crazy cycle that I'm describing, uh, the first thing to do is to slow down and to ask yourself, why am I feeling disrespected? Why am I feeling disrespected? And, and a kind of a, a question that you might ask to help sort that out is, is my child trying to disrespect me right now? Or are they just acting their age? And there is a difference. I'm completely guilty of this. As a parent, when my children don't listen to me, I assume almost subconsciously that they're disrespecting me. 
Uh, that's not always the case. And so as we find ourselves slipping into the crazy cycle, first we slow down. You can take time if you need to. If a fight blows up between you and your child or even child and child, it's okay to say, hey, everybody, I haven't decided what to do yet. I want everyone to go to the room for five minutes. We're all going to take five minutes and we're going to take a deep breath and then we're going to sit down and talk about it. Just that simple thing can diffuse uh, and avoid a lot of the negative stuff. Uh, but through that process, maybe even as you're sitting, try and discern, are they trying to disrespect me or are they just acting their age? Moses did not get up early this morning before the sunrise to plot with his brother ways that they could disrespect me as a parent, okay? That's actually not in the heart of a child. Like Most children are not scheming in that direction. How can I disrespect mom and dad today? Um, he's just six. And sometimes he acts like a six-year-old. And it's really frustrating. Uh, but he's six. Um, and so when he walked into his room this morning in that scenario, uh, he, he wasn't saying, you know what? I'm not going to get dressed because mom and dad told me to and I don't respect them anyways. You know, like that, that's probably not what was going through uh, his little minds. No, he was on his way to his dresser and he saw his little brother attempting to destroy his Lego castle. Okay? It was an emergency. It was an emergency. It had to be stopped. Okay? So drop everything, fix this emergency. Well, in the process, guess what happened? Voices got louder and louder and people got frustrated and somebody was crying and a fight broke out. Okay? And, and, and so then I came into the room uh, and, and reprimanded him and left. Uh, but, but after I left the room, he realized, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I need to get dressed. I'm walking back. But as I'm on the, on the way to the dresser, he realized, hey, part of my Lego castle did get destroyed. And, and if I don't fix it now, these pieces are going to get scattered all over the house and my brothers are going to take them. And so I, I at least need to fix the pieces that were broken and then I'm going to go and get dressed. And so then he's over there fixing the pieces and one thing leads to another and 10 minutes go by. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, dad stumps into the room, angry, yelling. Uh, he, he perceives a lack of love. I've got steam coming out of my ears. But he doesn't even remember when I, being asked to get dressed. Right? Like his six-year-old mind can hold one thought, and the one thought was Legos. Okay? So as that thought came into his mind, the other thoughts dropped out the back, and he's like, I, I didn't know you wanted me to do that. I don't even remember that. In that scenario, if that's really what's happening with my six-year-old son, in no, in, in no stage of that scenario was he trying to disrespect me. In fact, as a parent, um, you will be delighted to know that your child was not even thinking about you in that moment. They forgot you existed, okay? They weren't like, oh yeah, mom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her now. I'm gonna disrespect her. Let's see how angry I can make her this morning. So, so we need to be careful not to read in or assume disrespect uh, within a child's behavior. Um, second, if you're taking notes, it's important to ask, especially if, you can, if you're diffusing and maybe have some time to sit and think, uh, the, the next question to ask is, is my child feeling unloved? And there's a huge disclaimer here, right? Because sometimes your child is feeling unloved, and that is the very source of their outburst, of their anger, of their disrespect towards you. It's just that they're, they're, they need love so badly and they're not receiving it, right? But sometimes it's not. 
It's not, that's not the only reason. It's like I was saying before, he's a six-year-old. So even if he's perfectly loved by mom and dad, he's still going to act six. Our two-year-old is still going to throw a tantrum in the middle of the cereal aisle because we're not buying Lucky Charms, okay? Even though we love them really well. So it's not the solution to every child blow up, but we are asking this question. Is my child uh, in this moment feeling unloved? Um, and, and so we, uh, we want to do what's within our control, uh, to love our children, to not embitter them, to not discourage, deflate, uh, provoke unnecessarily. And in that endeavor, saying, I, I'm going to ask in these blow-ups, is my child feel loved right now or unloved? Uh, this is a little checklist of things you want to avoid when you think about loving your child well. How do they receive love as a little kid? Uh, and, and there's lots more questions than this. You can, if you're familiar with love languages, you should actually think about, hey, as you're, you know, when they're a baby, it's, I think their love language is like milk or something. I don't know. But eventually they get more of a personality and you, you get to know them the way your heavenly father knows you. And you figure out, oh, okay, Caleb really receives love, uh, our two-year-old, through, through gifts. And Eli really receives love well through physical touch. And our oldest really receives love well through just like time, quality time together, uh, doing stuff. How do they receive love uh, when our six-year-old uh, is just having a really bad day or a really bad series of days and just fighting bitter, just fighting with us, disrespectful to us? Uh, as a parent, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to shut this down right now. Like, you, you are not going to act that way. You're not going to talk that way. But my wife and I by the grace of God, have slowly come into this place where, and, and sometimes discipline needs to happen, right? And rules need to be enforced. But there are times when our six-year-old has a, like a three-day stretch that's just awful, and we realize, oh my gosh, he needs one-on-one -on -one time with us. What he needs right now isn't more structure or rules or discipline. What he needs is like to go get ice cream with dad and just like hang out at the park for a few hours. And, and so we're thinking about how do we love our children well in the big picture, but then also in the small stuff, here are things that we want to avoid that can uh, exasperate our children or provoke them to anger unnecessarily. Uh, the first is to avoid put-downs, uh, even, even when you're joking. So if you come up with a nickname for your kids, it should be a name that builds them up. Uh, it shouldn't be something that mocks them or tears them down or makes them feel less about themselves, even if other people think it's funny. Uh, we avoid overly harsh punishment. So that's you know um, getting after our kids in anger, uh, physically punishing them in anger, uh, harsh uh, words, screaming at them, like all of that stuff is a sure way to exasperate our children and to provoke their disrespect. Uh, and then this last one uh, is one that uh, I think I've just started to wake up to uh, in the midst of parenting, and that's jumping to conclusions. Because some of the other stuff, like, oh yeah, if I strike my, my, you know, my child in anger or whatever, I need to repent of that. I'd be like, that's not what I'm after. Uh, but this, this third one is a little trickier, jumping to conclusions. Uh, if I find Moses with his Legos uh, for the second time, and it's the third or fourth time that I've had to ask him, uh, a way of jumping to conclusions might sound something like this. I might burst into the room angry and say, Moses, why don't you listen to me? Why aren't you dressed? And he says, uh, I forgot. Jumping to a conclusion and saying, Moses, no, you didn't. You didn't forget. I know you didn't forget. I've already told you three times you're lying. Like you're, you're lying to me right now. And if you're for lying for mommy and daddy, you're going you're gonna to be punished for that. Here's, here's, you know, whatever it is. 
in that situation, my six-year-old may have literally forgotten what I told him to do in their six-year-old brain. But it's really easy for me a parent, as a parent to jump to a conclusion, to jump to the conclusion of disrespect, to jump to the conclusion that, no, 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 you're lying to me. You're trying to do this. This was, you know, whatever it is. Uh, when in all reality, uh, it, it, maybe he's not. So if you jump to the wrong conclusion in the midst of a conflict, it's like almost instant way to exasperate your children. They will either deflate or be provoked to anger because of the assumption uh, that you've jumped to. And not only does that um, provoke the crazy cycle in the moment, but if we're uh, operating in ways uh, that are unloving and our children are not receiving love for us or we're doing things to exasperate or provoke their anger, not only will you end up in the crazy cycle like once every 45 minutes, uh, but over time you will actually lose their heart. Over t- children are very resilient They're very forgiving, but over time, you will lose their heart. They will close their heart off to you if they consistently feel over time uh, that they are not loved. Uh, Which brings us to our final point, uh, number three, make it your aim to love them well. Uh, In the big picture, like I said, it's it's knowing our children, the the way our Heavenly Father knows us uh, and speaks to us, and, and hey, how does this child actually want to receive love, Uh, but then in the moment, in conflict, uh, as a parent, as the older, uh, more responsible person within the relationship, you you have to take responsibility. You have to say, I I feel so disrespected right now. And you can say that to your kids. You can teach your kids the crazy cycle. They will understand this, and they can help you diffuse stuff. Um, You can teach them about this. They understand more than than we think they do. You You can share honestly, like Moses, I know you want to go outside, but daddy's really not feeling respected right now. I feel very disrespected by the way that you're talking to me. Um, it might not make a difference. I don't know. But it could be worth sharing through that thing. So, but we um, make it our aim to love them well. So even in those moments when we don't feel respected, where we feel disrespected, whether we share that with our kids or not, uh, we all have these moments as parents, right? Where we're just like exhausted and we haven't slept well in 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 months in some cases, and we're so exhausted, we're so tired, we're so frustrated, and then our children seem to be uh, treating us with disrespect. And that can just spark just in a moment. Even in those moments where you're feeling disrespected, uh, we are to be the bigger person and show love even though we're we're hurting for their respect. And and we have Jesus as our model. He's the one whose image we're being conformed into. Uh, by the power of the Spirit. And it says when Jesus was insulted, he didn't insult back. When he was struck physically, he didn't strike back. Uh, and, and, and you read about some of those things and you're like, oh, that, that sounds like my, my afternoon it was like being struck and insulted. Like we can very easily find ourselves as followers of Jesus saying, I get that. Not the crucifixion part, but the other things that Jesus went through. Uh, as parents, we get taste of that and we can follow uh, in his footsteps. It's so hard not to strike back. It's so hard not to respond to disrespect in an unloving way. Uh, I totally get that. But at the end of the day, it's, we are the parents. It's our responsibility to act first with love as we're diffusing uh, the crazy cycle. Uh, and as you do that, uh, as you find ways to uh, express love right in the midst of conflict, it, it does uh, help to diffuse Uh, the crazy cycle. Uh, Sometimes when we confront our children with something, 
we'll just say, uh, in fact, we say this often in our household, we'll say, uh, Moses, we love you, but you, you can't slap your brother in the face. You know, like, you can, hey, Eli, we love you, but this is the sixth time that we've asked you to brush your teeth, and like, daddy's starting to pull his hair out. Like, can, you, can we, we gotta go. Like, we gotta get this moving on. But even in the midst of those conflicts, we'll, we'll try to express, hey, we love you. Um, you, you are a good boy. You are capable uh, of doing these things. Uh, and so we, we aim, we still address the issue. Uh, we still step into conflict. We even discipline when necessary. Uh, but we do that in such a way that is loving. And the two go hand in hand. Sometimes we think, oh, if you're loving all the time to your children, it means you won't enforce the rules or you won't kind of grow them and shape them and guide them in the way that they should go. And the scriptures don't make that dichotomy at all. In fact, uh, Tori, if you want to throw up the full uh, verse from Ephesians, I read the first part, or I stopped here where it said, fathers, do not exasperate your children. That's what we've been talking about. But the verse goes on. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So in your perfect love for them, our, our Heavenly Father loves us perfectly. And He disciplines us. He, he's, he found a way to do both of those things. So we can find a way to do both of those things, to guide, to train, to instruct, uh, to discipline where that's necessary while loving them in the way that our Heavenly Father loves us. If you imagine a scenario uh, where you're going to spank a child, there's two ways to do that, right? And one is almost out of anger, in revenge. You have disrespected me, and now you're going to feel that, or there's a totally other way to do it that, that's in line with what Ephesians is talking about, where you affirm your love for them, where you affirm who they are, but you explain the situation and, and why it's not acceptable and what's going to happen next, and then you administer discipline, but it's followed by an affirmation of your love, by an affirmation of their character, who they're becoming. You pray with them afterward. And those are two different ways uh, of getting after the same discipline that will get radically different results. One will provoke your child to greater anger and disrespect, and, and one can, do, can train and instruct them in the way that they should go. So regardless of, of what it is that you uh, want to instill in your children or how you choose as a household to guide or discipline and instruct, there is an unloving way to do it and a loving way. And our challenge as parents uh, it is to love in the face of disrespect. That's it. That, that's the Jesus-y, gospel-centered kingdom thing that we have an opportunity to do. Some of us, on an hourly basis, we get to choose one direction or another what we're going to pursue. Will we express love to our children right in the midst of conflict, even when we're feeling disrespected? Uh, will we attempt to love our children the way our Heavenly Father loves us? To know our children the way our Heavenly Father knows us. He, he loves us unconditionally all the time. When we catch the radical nature from the first half of Colossians, we catch the radical nature of His grace. That then informs our parenting how we are to our children. We get this stunning picture of who God is. Then he says, I'm going to give you my spirit in, in the midst of the mess and the disrespect and the frustration and the anger. I'm going to give you my spirit and I'm going to give you a picture of, of what you can become 
in my grace, in my power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what you can become. Uh, parenting is a very difficult thing, brutally difficult. Uh, but it, and, and if we allow it to, it can be a very um, purifying thing. I think there are few things as difficult as being a parent and few things that can shape us into the image of Christ like being a parent if we surrender to God in the process, if we pursue uh, His vision for parenting. Uh, There is no such thing as a perfect family. It doesn't exist. Throw, Throw that image out the window. There's no such thing as a perfect family. There's no such thing as a perfect child. So even if you do everything that we're talking about today, your child is still a child. They're still going to have frustrating moments. They're still going to have moments where you disrespect, where they disrespect you. But, but if we're surrendering to God in these things, you and your family will trend the right direction. Uh, you, you'll start stepping into that positive feedback loop instead of the other. And ultimately, um, you, yes, we want less stress. We want less conflict. We want kids who feel loved. But ultimately, we will stand before God at the end of the age, and, and one of the things that will be assessed is our parenting. And, and if you parent in line with what God's calling you to do, you will receive a reward for that. He's like, I'm standing by, I'm ready to reward you in the kingdom of heaven for the way that you live, for the way that you parented your children. For, for the way that you reflected my grace, my character, my unconditional love to them, uh, the way that Jesus would. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, lift our hearts up to you now, Lord. And I think it's appropriate for, um, for us this morning to start with a moment of repentance because all of us are somebody's child. And, and many of us by this point are somebody's mom or somebody's dad or will be within the next few years. Uh, and Lord, we, we are imperfect. Um, we have uh, messed this up in so many ways. My wife and I probably messed this up this morning trying to get to church. Uh, and yet, Lord, uh, we are drawn. You say it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so I pray this morning for um, just a revelation of our Heavenly Father, that we would see ourselves the way that you see us, Lord, that we would see the love in your eyes, the, the, the incredible sacrifice that you gave to draw us into your family. Lord, you're excited about us. And, and you say, that's what's going to draw us to repentance. Say, oh my gosh, I'm already a child of God. I'm already perfectly loved. I'm already holy and blameless. I'm already full of the Spirit. I'm already a recipient of the ongoing and incredible kindness of God. Therefore, I, I, take, I, I throw off the old. Therefore, I set aside toxic patterns of relationship that aren't in line with your heart, Lord. And so it's in light of your kindness, in light of your grace, Lord, that we, we just run to you. We don't sit in the back and kind of hang our heads and, and, and succumb to some form of condemnation. We say, no, no, I'm, I'm running into the Father's arms. That's where I'm going to learn. That's where I'm going to become the best mom, the best dad, the best daughter, the best son that I could possibly be. The closer you are to your Heavenly Father, 
uh, the more naturally you will fulfill his call in your life. And so we run to you this morning, Father, not away from you. We accept the fullness of your grace, the fullness of your love, your excitement, the song that you sing over us. May that song be heard this morning. And Lord, uh, we repent of the things that aren't of you. We repent of, it's so hard. God, family is hard. And every one of us in this room has, has a broken family relationship or a toxic family relationship that we can lift up to you this morning. Sons, daughters, in-laws, parents, step-parents. Lord, if, if we had time to share the brokenness in this room, we would be stunned. And, and maybe also even a little encouraged that we're all up against the same stuff that we all uh, have room to grow in these patterns of love and respect. Lord, we lift up uh, the family members this morning uh, that we maybe feel like are a lost cause, that we have related to without respect or without love for so long that these, we've been in the crazy cycle so long that we don't even want to see them anymore, Lord, or maybe they don't want to see us. God, we lift those things up to you this morning. To the God of redemption, to the God who is king over every power, every authority, every familial relationship. And Lord, we say honestly this morning, we want more of you and we want more of your kingdom. May your kingdom come, may your will be done between us and our children, between us and our parents, between us and our everyone. Lord, may your kingdom break into these things this morning. We turn our eyes toward you in Jesus' name, amen.